Praise the Lord. Can you say amen this morning? Wonderful to have you all with us today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Luke chapter 19. And for those of you that haven't been in the building yet, and this is your first time, welcome home. Actually, this is your home. This is your church. Amen. And the church for our children and our children's children and our children's 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 children. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. So Luke chapter 19, we're continuing with our uh, theme for this month, even though it is Palm Sunday today, with What's Your Sound? And I hope that you've been tracking with us. Uh, the notes are available in the church app, uh, which you, if you don't have, you can download that, and then you can follow with us, all right? There are some words that are missing, and as the screens come up with the words, you can just type those in. And then that way you can have that sermon outlined for yourself. Email it to yourself so that you've got it. And we encourage you to go through the Scriptures. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verse 35. And then they brought him, that's the colt, to Jesus. And they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was Going, drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. With what kind of a voice? With a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher! Rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word as we come to your word today once again. I thank you that you and your word are one. That you said heaven and earth may pass away, but your word will never, ever, ever pass away. And so I thank you today that you would minister into every heart into every family, into every situation, that whatever is needed, your word has the power to deliver. Your word has the power to meet that need and every other need. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? So I'd like to talk to you today. My title is Let the Stones Cry Out. And it's quite an interesting passage of Scripture as we're building up, obviously, for Easter which is next weekend, by the way, we'll be here Thursday night, 7 p.m. for a, a phenomenal prayer meeting. And then Friday morning, we have three services. Saturday night, 6 p.m., we continue with our conference. And Sunday, three services. And the theme for our conference next weekend is the blood speaks. Amen. How many of you know that the blood still speaks today? The blood of Jesus. Amen. And so this is Palm Sunday, Jesus is riding down the mountain, coming into the city of Jerusalem. And actually, this is a fulfillment of several prophecies, if we read them in the Old Testament. Daniel had prophesied about this hundreds of years ago when the Messiah would present himself before the nation of Israel. And then also Zechariah in chapter 9, verse 9, he prophesies, and this was that hour to which the prophets had looked and which they had longed to see. So I need you to understand that this was a very strategic time 
in Israel's history. That's your first slide. This is a very strategic time in Israel's history. And here they are lifting up their voices and shouting the praises of God. They had seen and testified of all the miracles that Jesus had done. And this was now their moment to acknowledge his kingship. The fact that he was king of all kings and lord of all lords. And what did they do? They lifted their voices as loudly as they possibly could. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And Luke tells us that at this moment, the Pharisees were indignant and they demanded that Jesus tell the crowd to restrain themselves to which Jesus said, you know what, guys, I want you to know, if these people keep silent, then the very stones will begin to cry out. And it's interesting that Jesus should, should use such terminology. We know that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it tells us, talking about you and I, that we come to him as a, a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we can see your family that the Bible refers to you and I as living stones. Look at somebody and tell them you're a living stone. Say it like you have a bit of faith this morning. You're a living stone. Now, the Bible speaks about another kind of a stone, which uh, is called a brick. And I want you to know that there is a huge difference. There's a big difference between stones and bricks. If you look at bricks, I mean they're all the same. And there's two instances in Scripture where bricks are are mentioned other places as well, but in particular, Genesis 11. This is where the people now uh, kind of like were in rebellion. They wanted to build a tower that would go all the way up into heaven. They wanted to do it on their own without God. They weren't prepared to acknowledge God. They were working independently of God. And the Bible says in verse 3 that they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And so here were a group of people that were rebelling against God. They wanted nothing to do with God, and the Bible speaks about bricks in this context. Not only that, but if you go to Exodus chapter 1, here we see that the Israelites are in Egypt, and Joseph has just died, and there's a new pharaoh in town, a new sheriff in town. And now he's beginning to look at the Israelites and see that, you know what? These guys are multiplying. They're growing. Just now they're going to tell us what to do. And so they begin to impose restrictions and hard labor onto the Israelites. And the Bible says as they kind of put more pressure on them and, and got them to do even harder labor, that even under those conditions, the Israelites began to prosper. And I want you to look in particular in verse 13. It says, There so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. 
and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. So what am I trying to say here? That in both Genesis 11 and Exodus 1, we see that bricks are mentioned in conjunction with man on his own, man without God. This is the work of the flesh. And we also see here bricks are mentioned with hard bondage. There is bitterness, there is misery, and actually there is slavery. And like I said, if you look at bricks, they're all the same. Every brick looks exactly as the other brick, no difference. But I want you to know that God never created you and I to be a brick. We were never meant to be all the same. Can you say amen? And I'm here to tell you that every ism in this world, every man-made philosophy, every man-made religion, every ism in this world is designed to shape you into a brick. And like I said, every brick is exactly the same. And every ism is designed to shape and conform you into a certain mindset, into a certain way of thinking, and you know what, family? It's the enemy's way of ensnaring you and enslaving you. But thank God, the days of slavery are over as we know it. Can you say amen? But I'm here to tell you that there's still many that are enslaved to their habits, to their addictions, to hatred, to racism. And each of those things is designed to cripple you, to paralyze you, and to limit you in the things of God. But not so with stones. When you look at stones, I mean, they come in all shapes and all sizes and all forms and all colors. Hallelujah. And that speaks about the diversity of mankind. Aren't you glad there's only one of me and one of Jazz and one of you? There's only one of you. Aren't you glad there's only one of Pastor John DeFries? Amen. When God made Pastor John DeFries, he broke the mold. He said, I'm just making one of a kind. He's going to be unique. There's going to be certain characteristics that pertain to him. And we are all uniquely made as stones, living stones this morning by the hand of God. Can you say amen? And the beautiful thing is, that Jesus came to liberate and set people free. Hallelujah. He came to turn the bricks into living stones. Hallelujah. Jesus came to break the yoke of bondage. Can you say that with me? Jesus came to break the yoke of bondage. Now let's look at a yoke. What is a yoke? The Merriam-Webster dictionary says that a yoke is a wooden bar or frame by which two animals, like oxen, are joined at the head or the necks so that they can then work together. And I want you to know that the devil wants to yoke you into his system. And his system of yoking is a forced one. And when the enemy yokes you, he locks you into something over which you have no choice. Actually, the enemy's yoke is a form of slavery. That's really what it is. And it is a system, hear me now, that produces anguish and suffering and bondage and torment 
and misery and poverty and sickness. But Jesus came to break the yoke of every bondage and give you his yoke. Hallelujah. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus' yoke is one of blessing and favor. Lift your hands and say, Jesus' yoke is one of blessing and favor. Say it it again. Jesus' yoke is one of blessing and one of favor. That means when you're yoked to Jesus' yoke, you are yoked to blessing and you are yoked to the favor of God. Hallelujah. Let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28. He said, come to me, just a few of you. Only those of you that are over six foot tall. Those of you that have mustaches or beards. What did he say? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. You see, the truth of the matter is that everyone, everybody, every single person is yoked to someone or something. Every one of us. That's my next slide. Everyone is yoked to someone or something. The question is, to whom or what do you want to be yoked to? And actually, if you think about it, there's like a bit of a a comfort in being yoked to a good and kind and benevolent God. We were born into this life, and somehow we have to learn the ways of living from somewhere, and we can't do it on our own. Sometimes we think we can, but going through life on our own can be intimidating and overwhelming. And in a sense, then, you and I were created to be yoked, right? Created by God to do life together. God made us relational beings. We are not islands on our own. And really, Jesus is saying, come to me. I I created the world. And I will give you life, and I can teach you and lead you every step of the way. And I'll give you a purpose. It'll be a righteous purpose. And I'll make your life easier and meaningful. I'll give you reason to live. And I'll help you make a difference in the world. And for that family, we need to be yoked to Jesus. That's what Jesus said. He said in verse 29, Matthew 11, take my yoke. And learn from me. The passion says, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle. I'm humble. I'm easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. See, Jesus' yoke is not something that is forced upon you. There is no legalism when it comes to Jesus' yoke. Actually, it's based on our openness on our willingness and our ability to respond and to receive. And it's a willingness to submit and to surrender to Him. It's a willingness that comes from you, from your innermost being that acknowledges the fact that without God, you and I are actually nothing. We can do nothing. We can say nothing. 
But being yoked to Jesus is an acknowledgement of our total and our utter dependency upon God. And we take upon ourselves, we take upon ourselves his yoke and we learn. It's a very powerful truth in there. And the truth simply is this, the ability to step into every promise and blessing is based on our ability to receive. There are a lot of promises in this book that I hold this morning. A lot of promises. And my faith is that every promise would be fulfilled in my life. Every promise fulfilled in your life. But the ability to step in and see the manifestation of the promises of God and the blessings of God has got nothing to do with how much Greek you know or Hebrew you know. It has the ability for your ability to be open and yielded and surrendered unto God. See, Jesus said, take my yoke upon yourself. In other words, how much can you yield? How much can you surrender? And as much as you can yield is as much as you can have. Lift your hands and say, as much as I can yield is as much as I can have. As much as I can yield is as much as I can have. If I am open and I take upon myself his yoke and I submit myself to him and I surrender myself to him, hallelujah, then I'll see the manifestation of every promise and every blessing in my life. You see, Jesus will never force it on you. He wants to give us much. He's an extravagant God. He's a loving God. He's a God of goodness. He's a God of kindness. But he says, take upon yourself as much as you can yield, as much as you can surrender, as much as you can submit yourself to the hand of God. Hallelujah. Is as much as you can receive. Praise God. And then he said in verse 30, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. You know, in Jesus' day, they knew exactly what he was talking about to when he was talking about a yoke. Because in Bible days, what they would do is they would put two oxen together, and invariably, they would be the older, the madala oxen. They would put the older oxen with the young, untrained oxen. And the older oxen would know his way and know what to do. And the younger one would just simply follow. But here's the thing. Because the older one was trained and experienced, the older one invariably bore the burden, the brunt of the weight of what was happening. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? And so that younger one didn't really feel the weight that younger oxen didn't feel the burden. He would just trot along, not really thinking about anything and kind of like in a very peaceful mode. Let me tell you that Jesus is our elder brother. And when we are yoked to him, he's the seasoned one. He's the elder brother. The weight and the burden of what you are trying to go through, he carries, hallelujah. And all we do is we just follow him, and there is comfort, and there is peace, knowing that my elder brother is carrying the weight. He's carrying the problem. That's why the Bible says, cast your burdens unto Jesus, for he cares for you. Cast your burdens unto Jesus, for He cares for you. 
Hallelujah. That's where that comes from. He's the elder brother this morning. Aren't you glad for that? Praise the Lord. Amen. So Jesus says not only that, but my burden is easy. What does that mean? It doesn't mean it's simple. It means that the burden is, is good. The yoke is good. The yoke is good. The yoke is not only light. The yoke is good. Hallelujah. That's because we serve a good God who wants to do good things in and through your life. Hallelujah. So if I'm yoked to Jesus and he's a good God, a benevolent God, then there's much peace. Hallelujah. And I am yoked with somebody that is good and loving and kind and patient and I can reap every blessing. Can you say amen? So the Bible says we are living stones. And as living stones, we carry individual identities. There's no two stones that are the same. And with that individual identity, we carry individual sounds. We've got our own voices. And we have seen the power of sound. And Jesus told the religious people of that day, he said, listen, if these people will not lift up their voices to praise and acknowledge me for who I really am, he said, then the stones will. In other words, everything in nature is actually programmed to praise God. Sometimes, family, we think we're doing God a favor when we praise him. But God doesn't need our praise as much as our need to praise him. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody in this place this morning? Come on. When we lift up our voices, it's not because God needs that. I mean, he loves that and he takes pleasure in that. But the need is greater for you and I to lift up our voices. The blessing is for you and I to lift up our voices. We get the better end of the deal. Hallelujah. And something happens when we lift up our voices. Can you say amen? So Jesus is entering Jerusalem on a never ridden before donkey. And look at the response of the people. They're likened to stones, living stones. And these living stones are shouting and they're lifting up their voices. Let me tell you, last week I said, there's nothing silent about our faith. But I'm here to tell you, there's also nothing silent about our praise. Hallelujah. Come on, if people can shout and scream loudly for a pigskin that's filled with air, whether it's soccer or football, or whatever it is, how much more you and I shout and loudly lift up our voices for Jesus. Can you say amen? Come on. And if this generation will not lift up its voice and shout and praise God, then you know what? God will look for another generation. If we won't be that people that will unashamedly lift up our voices, then God will find another people. And Jesus is not only worthy of praise, but he's worthy of loud praise. Can I say it one more time? Jesus is not only worthy of praise, he's worthy of loud praise. See, there's nothing embarrassing, and you, we don't have to feel ashamed and embarrassed about it. We are not just praising our God, but we are praising him loudly. The Bible teaches that. Let's look at some scriptures. Psalm 33, verse 3. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. That's loud. 
Psalm 68 and verse 4. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises. What kind of praises? Loud praises. Psalm 81 verse 1. Sing aloud to God our strength. Make a joyful shout. Look at somebody and tell them there's nothing silent about our praises. Psalm 98 and 4, shout for joy. How? Shout. Burst into jubilant song with music. Hallelujah. Look at what Isaiah said. In that day you will say, you will say, give praises to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations here in Durban, South Africa, what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord. For he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud. Shout how? Aloud. And sing for joy. For great is the Holy One of Israel among you. What about Zephaniah 3 and 14? Sing, daughter of Zion. Sing, son of Zion. Shout aloud. Shout how? Shout aloud. Come on. If you're shouting, you're being loud. Hallelujah. Now, I know there are moments when we are quiet and we're silent and we're still. And somehow we don't have a problem with this, but many have a problem with shouting and being aloud for God. I'm here to tell you, family, that if you have a problem with praising Jesus loudly, you'll have a problem being in heaven because heaven is a loud place. Hello? It's very quiet in this church this morning. I said heaven is a very loud place. Heaven is a very loud place. I mean, all you got to do is just look at the Apostle John, Revelation 1 and 10. He says, I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day, and I heard me behind me a loud, what, what, what kind of a voice? Somebody just whispering like this, just speaking to you. Barely audible. No, a loud voice as of a trumpet. That's loud. Hallelujah. That's loud. Revelation 1.15, his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many, many waters. I've stood right next to Victoria Falls. Let me tell you, when you stand, just before you get there, you're about 500 meters already, the ground begins to shake, and you hear this, this roar this roar coming from somewhere. And when you are standing there at Victoria Falls and all of that water coming over the edge, you can barely hear yourself speak. Hallelujah. That's the sound of his voice in heaven. Amen. Revelation 14, 2. Then I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters. Does that sound quiet? Come on. And like the voice of loud thunder. Anybody ever hear thunder? Come on now. Is it, is it like, does it give you a fright? No. I mean, it's loud, right? It's loud. And then Revelation 19, 1, after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. Hallelujah. There's not four people in heaven or 144,000. There's a multitude that John sees from all different cultures and ethnicities and tongues and whatever, whatever, and they're all making a loud noise. So if you have a problem with praising Jesus loudly, you're going to have a problem 
if you ever make it to heaven, you're going to have a problem with heaven. Look at somebody and tell them there's nothing silent about our praise. Now I want you to look at the story of Jehoshaphat here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Here's King Jehoshaphat. And he begins to hear news that there are some people that are coming after you. Better watch out, Jehoshaphat. We've heard the Ammonites are coming. We heard the Moabites are coming. We've heard the people of Mount Seir are coming. You, go, you better be careful who you're listening to because the Bible says that Jehoshaphat began to fear and it could have ended right there had he not been a faith kind of a person. There's Moabites coming. There's a great multitude that's coming after you. And so the Bible says, even though he began to fear, what did he do? He goes and seeks the Lord. And he begins to pray and he begins to fast. Hallelujah. And then the Bible actually records his prayer. So for the recorder to record his prayer, it meant that he lifted up his voice and he began to pray. He didn't pray in his heart. He didn't whisper. He didn't like, you know, put his hand in front or whatever, whatever. No, he, he, he did fear. Yeah, he, he began. But then he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overcome this fear. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. And he lifts his voice and he begins to pray. Hallelujah. You know why? Come on, lifting our voices loudly. Sometimes we have to do that to regain the boldness and authority of God. If you're facing situations in your life, you're facing challenges, let me tell you, coming before God and you're praying like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. There's no authority that you're gonna gain. There's, when fear comes, let me tell you, boldness goes out the door. How are you gonna get that boldness back? How are you going to get that confidence back? Some of you messed up in 2020. You lost a lot. There was heartache. There was anguish. And the devil stole your boldness, your loudness. Yeah, you're a people of faith, huh? You want to speak your faith. Let me silence you. Let me take this from you. Let me put this on you. But you have to regain that boldness and authority in God. How do you do that? By lifting up your voice loudly all by yourself. You might be in the forest. You might be in the car. You might be in the taxi with 20 other people. It doesn't matter. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Why? When you lift up your voice loudly, you begin to regain the boldness and authority of God that the enemy stole from you. Hallelujah. And Jehoshaphat lifts up his voice. He's saying, you know what? If I don't lift up my voice, then the stones are going to cry out. And I can't let that happen. I can't let somebody do what I've been called to do. I can't let somebody take my praise. I can't let somebody declare the goodness of God as loudly as I can for me. I have to do it myself. And the moment he begins to finished praying, lifting up his voice. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord falls upon Jehaziel. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And what does Jehaziel begin to do? He begins to prophesy. He says, now listen, the man of God prayed, and as he prayed, God restored boldness and authority and confidence, and faith began to rise in the heart. Now, here's 
the plan of God. Here's the strategy of God. What happened? Lifting up the voice loudly released the prophetic upon that situation. And every time you lift your voices up loudly, you release the prophetic upon your life. You can't prophesy silently. You can't decree and declare silently the promises of God. If you're looking at that giant and you're looking at that barren situation and you're looking at that medical problem that the doctors have said, there's nothing we can do for you. Then you have to put the Word of God in your mouth and you have to loudly in your bedroom in the middle of the night or maybe in a cave somewhere or maybe in a mountain somewhere or maybe walking on the beach all by yourself and you have to loudly, loudly, you have to begin to decree, no, my children are not going to die, no, my finances are not going to perish, no, they're not going to backslide, no, God, I'm not going to lose my business. You gave me a word in 1973 or 1985, and I'm decreeing your word. You've got to lift up your voice loudly. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and tell them there's no such thing as silent praise. Come on. Hallelujah. And I imagine Jehaziel began to prophesy. Why? Because he was thinking, if I don't lift up my voice, then the stones will begin to cry out. And I can't let that happen. I can't let somebody prophesy in my place. I can't let somebody else do what God has called me to do. Hallelujah. And when he finished prophesying, hey, look at what happens. Verse 19. Then the Levites and the children of the Kurthites and of the children of the Korahites stood up. Hallelujah. There's an army coming, man. These are like formidable armies, formidable empires. And as far as your eye can see, that's the vastness of the armies that are approaching. The Ammonites were known, the Moabites were known for their strategy, for the way that they would ravage their uh, enemies. What do they do? Did they pick up arrows? Did they go to the lawyers? What did they do? They began to lift up their voices. They stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with loud voices and a high voice. Hallelujah. How did they praise God? Softly, huh? inaudibly. Did they whisper to one another? Did they just look at each other and telepathically began to praise God? No, there was a sound that came from out of them. I want to ask you this morning, what's your sound that's coming out of your life? What's your sound that's coming out of your marriage? Hallelujah. And they lifted up their voices. And they knew, they said, you know what? If we don't lift up our voice and declare the greatness of God, then the stones will begin to cry out. And we can't let somebody take our place. We can't let somebody do what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and tell them, don't let anybody steal your praise. Come on, there's a praise that you are meant to give. There's a loud shout that only you are supposed to do with your voice and the uniqueness of the stone that you are. Hallelujah. Look at somebody else and tell them, don't let somebody steal my praise. Ah, ah, ah. 
God saved you, sanctified you, washed you in His blood, and then went and put His Spirit on the inside of you so that you could be His voice, so that you could be His shout, so that you could be His noise, so that you could be His sound, so that you could be His shofar. We don't need to blow a horn. We don't need to go back to the Old Testament and blow a ram's horn as much as it sounds nice. Why? You are the shofar of God. Hallelujah. Come on, look at somebody right now and tell them, don't let somebody steal your praise. Hallelujah. And the next morning, Jehoshaphat appoints those who would sing and praise loudly. And they began to sing and praise the Lord. And they realized that as they were doing it, if we don't do it, then the very stones will cry out. And we can't let that happen. Hallelujah. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, don't let the enemy steal your praise. Hallelujah. As they begin to do that, look what happens. Verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And when they had made an end, look at the end of verse 23. They helped to destroy one another just by praising God. There wasn't a sword that was drawn. There wasn't a single spear that was thrown. There wasn't a bow that was pulled and shot. And when the Israelites come there, they see everybody dead. They had literally turned on each other. And the Bible says no one had escaped. Come on. When we lift our voices loudly, what happens? God sets miracles in motions. Hey, hallelujah. You might not feel like praising God and loudly lifting up your voice, but something happens on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, people of God. No one escaped just by lifting up their voices. And then look, I love as it goes on to verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, Hallelujah. The praise, the loud praising, not only caused them confusion and they turned on each other and killed each other. Now the Israelites came there and they saw the spoil, S-P-O-I-L. And every time you lift up your voice, you will bring the spoil. What does the spoil stand for? You stop every plan and overturn every intention of the enemy to legalize your demise. See, if you don't lift up your voice, you give the enemy legal rights to bring suffering, to bring destruction. If you don't say something, the devil will step in and say, I'll say something for them. I'll be their spokesman. If you don't lift up your voice and declare your faith and loudly praise your God, the devil will step in. And how many of you know he's a cruel spokesperson? He has nothing good to say about you. But every time you lift up your voice 
and you declare loudly. What are you doing? You are bringing in the spoil. You are stopping every plan and overturning every intention of the devil that would legalize your demise. When you lift up your voice, you say, devil, I am now bringing an end to your legal right to bring my destruction. No, I'm going to determine what happens in my life. I'm through my praise. I'm going to release the blessings and the favor of God. The Bible says they had so much to carry, so much to take, that it took them three days. Three days. Three days. Three days. You say, but, 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 pastor, you don't know COVID. You don't know what the high praises of God can do. But, 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 yeah, the, the economy. You don't know what the high praises of God in living stones can do. Hallelujah. See, if you're not prepared to praise God, God will find somebody else to, that will praise Him. God will find somebody else. And through that somebody else, God will work about the miracles. God will do whatever needs to be done. But how many of you in this place are saying, I'm a living stone and I'm going to lift up my voice and declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up to our feet. Come on. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to take a minute or two right now just to lift up your voice. Come on, let's make some noise in this place. I know you got your minds on. Come on. Hey. Come on, let's shout with a voice of triumph. Come on. Hey. What is Palm? Palm Sunday. Palm is a symbol of victory. Shout like you have the victory. Shout like you're an overcomer. Shout like you have triumphed today. Hallelujah. Hey. Oh, we bless you. We honor you. We magnify your name. You are holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 holy. Come on, let's sing that this morning. Won't let the stones cry out in my place. Come on, let's sing it this morning. Won't let the stones cry out in my place. We lift our voice this morning. Won't let the stones cry out in my place. Hey! Won't let the stones cry out in my place. Hey! Won't let the stones cry out in my place. Come on, lift your voice! Won't let the stones cry out in my place. Won't let the stones cry out in my place. Holy, holy, holy. 
Lift your hands right now before the Lord. Come on. I said as much as you are able to yield and submit and surrender is as much as you can receive. Christianity is not something intellectual. It's based on your willingness. It's not forced. Nobody's pushed. Nobody's compelled. Nobody's driven. He said, come to me and take upon yourself. I'm not going to put it on you. As much as you want, you can have. I believe right now as you lift your hands, God is just beginning to fill people. There's areas of your life right now that God is beginning to replenish. God is, again, almost like fertilizing areas of your life that are going to produce the best crop, the best harvest, even as you surrender. Come on, let's worship Him. Oh, we worship You. We glorify Your name, Lord. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Replenish, fill, do what you got to do. Hallelujah. In this place this morning, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. Come on, just worship, worship. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. You're the Holy One of Israel. And we bow before your throne. We bow before your throne. We bow before your throne. Hey, you're beautiful. And we worship you, and we worship you in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. It about cinnamon, it about to the moon. Thank you for your word that's come to us today. Oh, that we are living stones. We're not bricks. We refuse to be conformed to this world, shaped to the ideology of the systems of this world. But I thank you that every one of us is a unique living stone. We're a unique living stone. I thank you that today, God, I come against every spirit of inferiority complex. 
where people have come from broken backgrounds and they're made to feel inferior and made to feel like they're not up to standard. Today I break the power of that bondage. I break right now, even in the mind, Lord. I come against every mindset that would be against the mind of Christ. And I declare that as living stones, God, as living stones that they shall prosper, yoked to the blessing and yoked to the favor and yoked to the goodness of God. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Lift your hands and say, Father, I thank you for your word that's come to me today. I'm not a brick. I am not a brick. But I'm a living stone. And I am yoked to your blessing. Yoked to your favor. Your goodness. The increase of God. The prosperity of God is what I'm yoked to. And as a living stone, I will lift up my voice and loudly proclaim you as my King and as my Lord. Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord, family. Happy Palm Sunday to each and every one of you. All right, we love you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And for those of you that want to come back online, we'll be the next service will be online. So if you want to join us, you can, all right? But we've loved having you here. And I can't wait until everybody comes together. All right, God bless you. Have a great day. We love you.